by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. In case you've forgotten how to do this, this is the People's Pitch Podcast. (laughs) The one, the only, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am Nate, joined as always by my partner in crime, John Bizworm. And we are back, baby, after a brief off-season break. John, who, who would have predicted that once the season ended, you and I would get super busy. Um, I mean, the off season's always busy. You know, I still have, it's kind of, we talked about before, it's kind of when my, my job really kicks in Yeah. where I, I got to be tracking the, the next gen of all the players that are coming into the club are going to be invited in for a tryout. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing that, but I also, I took a, like I needed, like I needed another thing to do. I, I took a high school coaching job, as you know, and that's interesting. Um, I'm in charge of 26 kids alone by myself, so it's a lot of stupid questions about where the bathroom is and um, why M- Manchester United's not doing well, and just a bunch of weird stuff. But anyways, on top of that, uh, you know, I have a day job and a family, so. I am busy, but you're you have an addition, a new addition coming to your family, so like you're about to get real busy. Yeah, man, you know how it is. Like uh, we're we're prepping for the arrival of the, of the babe. <laughs> you'll be coming in a, about four or five weeks. So pre- preparing your panic room. Oh my god, you know that the efforts ramp up. Really, this is the time when it's time. We got to make sure everything's on lockdown. Just and right, and being like the male in the relationship, you know, like not to say no to anything. So, <laughs> oh my god, you, you can't, you can't you like if you said, smile. if it was like you need to paint this bedroom for the baby, and you're like, no, you pretty much have like a single mom raising a child on your hand because you would you'd be paying child support living in an apartment by yourself, <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, so much has been happening in the month or so since our last show. Um, We're going to kind of mix up the format tonight and pull just one of our many topics out of a hat at a time and just kind of riff, taking a taking a little bit of inspiration from the the old the great old show. Pardon the interruption. You know how they would just go from bing, 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 topic to topic to topic. We're going to do that same thing and just see uh, see where that see where that lands us tonight. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, let's do it, man. Think you can keep up? I'm pretty sure I'm, I'll am i be all right. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, grab bag. How long have you, that... you been sitting on that gem? On that top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just pulled, I just grabbed a bag out of the corner. All right. Uh, City stalwarts Aaron Olsen and Will Kidd passed the 50 match mark this year, John. Uh, both of them hitting 52 career matches for Minneapolis City. What does that mean to you? And from your conversations with them, what does it mean for Will and AO? Well, I guess I'll start with what it means to them. You know, I think if you 
rewind time and go back like six years ago when I maybe even seven years ago when I first sat in a room with Tim Wills, Ryan Camerata, and Aaron Olson to talk about the impending or the potential merger of um, the international soccer club and Stegman's SC. And I think going back to that, you could see like in in their eyes and specifically his eyes that it was like, I want high level soccer that is attainable for me so badly. And so going back to that point, you know, for him, I think it meant he finally found what he was looking for and, and has been an ever present part of it, whether it's on or off the field. I mean, you always see him at the functions. He's more than willing to talk to people, you know, that, that want to have a conversation with him. I mean, he is, you know, you talk about Matt Elder being the club. Aaron Olson is also the club, you know, and someone even put on Twitter that their, their celebrity sighting of the 2019 state fair was getting to talk to captain Aaron Olson, you know, like that stuff's awesome to hear. Right. So, and I know he, he loves it. And then for Will, I mean, Will doesn't say much, but I mean, he was super appreciative of uh, the, uh, the little uh, award that we, um, have yet to deliver them, <laughs> but we uh, we sent them pictures of what it is. And... Little, you're gonna have a little trophy or a plaque. Yeah, a little little thank you from the club. Um, but for Will, it was like he started as a babe, you know, coming out of Como Park High School, and you know, coming back to us from his freshman year at Bradley. And again, another guy who was like looking for something that he could, you know whet his appetite for his competitive side of him from a soccer perspective at home. And I think that it probably had a little, I mean, I'm sure academics and and the soccer program at St. Thomas had the majority to do with him coming back home. uh, But, and also his family being here, but I know that, you know, Minneapolis city being part of his life was another contributing factor to that. And it's just great to see because you can always rely on either of those two guys. And, you know, when, when times are tough and and guys are tired, Will's the guy who's willing to to go into you know the drill and training when he's tired. Sure. And or you know you're you're a few guys short for a friendly. Will's gonna be there. So th- both those guys embody everything about the club, and I, I think it's awesome. And for me, I'm just really proud of those guys because. I get to see the effort they put into it and like how serious they are about being part of this. So it's awesome to have at least, you know, one player, not only two players play 50 games for us. That's a lot. The staying power there. Like, did you ever, could you ever have imagined that there'd be guys that are, you know, with the club for something like four seasons worth of games? No, I didn't, to be honest with you. And I mean, uh, uh, a soccer, uh, in quotation marks, expert who will remain nameless in Minneapolis <laughs> told us before we started this that we would maybe last two years before we fold. So to uh, <laughs> to rub rub another <laughs> shit sandwich in that guy's face, <laughs> we now have two players who have played over 50 games for us. That's so awesome. uh, it means a lot to me. Well, congratulations to Will and to Aaron Olson. 52-plus uh, games and counting. All right. Grab bag. Last week, John, Minnesota United lost out to Atlanta United in the U.S. Open Cup Final. Uh, after everything that we've experienced with that tournament, can you even bring yourself to care about that result or that game? Yes. I actually was excited to watch that game, to be honest with you, Nate. On and, the ESPN and because, Plus? 
Yes, on the ESPN Plus. I mean, you know, I'm like an OG ESPN Plus guy because I, all this Division One soccer that I watch is all on ESPN Plus. So, oh, yeah. um, and before that, ESPN Three, The Trace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I, I was excited to watch this game because if you go back in the, um, the 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 archives of our show, we talked a lot about these two teams as they've stacked up against each other since they're. You know, since they were conceived in yeah. in uh, in MLS, and and I told you and the listeners that if you wanted to to follow the progress of both clubs, you had to follow the progress and and the knowledge and the expertise of Manny Lagos and Carlos Bocanegra, who are both the technical or sporting directors. I'm, I'm not sure which title they're given um, for each individual team, and to see the the plan of attack for Atlanta United. I mean, you can hate them for all they are. They came into Minnesota in Minnesota United's first ever game and kicked the shit out of them. It was it, in the snow. Like a guy who literally had never seen snow before scored four goals against them. So you look at like how they built their team. They're, they've sold they sold uh, you know a player to um, a premiership team and got a lot of money and then reloaded with the same type of talent. They clearly had a plan from go that Arthur Blank, the owner, completely signed off on, and it was all Carlos Bocanegra's plan. Sure. Then you fast forward what two three years and they win the MLS Cup and now they've won the U.S. Open Cup and look where Minnesota United is. Minnesota United has had three years of just heartbreak and just Minnesota sports disaster mode where everyone gets excited for it and then they're bad. And it took some real good restructuring, I think, from a front office perspective to um, bring some people in-house like Amos McGee to assist in the rebuild as they moved into this beautiful new stadium. But if, but you have to wonder, though, from from a, a comparison perspective, if we had done things better in the beginning, could Minnesota United now in their new stadium be even further along and pushing for a major title? I mean, they they hung on by the skin of their teeth to get into the U.S. Open Cup final, and but when it comes to a league perspective, they're going to make the playoffs this year. But it's it's almost like a what if, and they could have potentially been lifting a trophy in this brand new stadium if the three-year plan in quotation marks had been followed. So, uh, and when I say existed in the first place, yeah, it was on the back of a, of a cocktail napkin or something. Um, but that's not to say that, uh, you know, the game wasn't fun to watch or that wasn't interesting to, uh, to see Minnesota United in it. Right. Right. I mean, I, I was, I, I mean, I root for them. So I was watching the game. I don't hate Atlanta United like most Loons fans do. Um, but I mean, I respect them. They've, they've done everything right from, from, you know, new franchise up until now. And the game gave you everything you want from a cup game. It wasn't a blowout. The, the two teams weren't in like a feeling out process for like 50 minutes until someone decided to attack. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, they, they just, punched each other in the face back and forth. And I, I thought outside of a, uh, I don't know who it was. It was Gregish or um, I, honestly, I don't know who it was who could have gotten on the, Oh no, it was Boxall. Could have got on the other end of that, of, uh, of the uh, Opara 
header that he sent back in that could have equalized the game before the death. And I mean, it was a gimme. So you're looking at maybe the potential of them hoisting that trophy if they could could have gotten into overtime because they did have the momentum and they were up a guy. But yeah. I thought it was an exciting game, and you know, I'm I'm proud that they're in it. But from um, a straight U.S. Open Cup perspective, that tournament can really go fuck itself. Um, <laughs> That's what I was looking for. You could have called this just like the America Open, and I would have been even more excited for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I don't really care about the tournament. I I think we're gonna get into it this year, um, unless David Beckham steals our spot, um, <laughs> which I feel like he should have to pay for, right? Yep. So uh, we'll if we're in it, we'll play in it, but we're not gonna go through the hoops like we used to. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. So I, I don't care about the tournament, but I like cup soccer. And I think these two teams um, with all the, the background story that I talked about, it was, it was really interesting. Yeah. Bex, if you want this uh, U.S. Open Cup spot, just give us a call. Yeah. We actually have more U.S. Open Cup tournament wins than he does. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, grab bag. John city players, Kevin Andrews and Max Stegward finished their season and they took off to Europe for trials. Uh, Kevin went to Portugal where it sounds like he has signed with a club. What is the story there? And have you heard any update from his excursion? Um, I actually just texted his mother today to see how things were going. And I have yet to hear back from her, which means I think she might actually be there. Um, she had made a plan to go visit him for an extended period of time. So I think she might be there now, but uh, regardless, I will hear more back on that. But I do know that Kevin, um, he signed on with a team called Desportiva de Oeres. Um, and they are in the Campeonato de Portugal. And basically what that is, is it's Portugal's um, top non-professional tier. I don't want to call it amateur and I don't want to call it semi-pro. It's just not paid professionals. So it's, it's pretty much like a, um, like a U 23 youth reserve type level. <clears throat> that's a nationwide league and the highest the club has ever gone. And it's in, um, it's in Lisbon, if anyone anyone's wondering. The but club. the high the club, yeah. Um, the highest the club has ever gone is to the Portuguese third division. So there is an opportunity for this club to gain promotion into the top flight, uh, which would be the top three divisions in Portugal. And from what I have followed of Kevin's path, um, the team this year is one that is pushing for that promotion again back into the third division. So um I don't know much more about how he's doing, how things are going. I think we should do a follow-up to that uh, once I, I get a little more information. But he made the team. Uh, with He went there with a one-way ticket and a, and a trial invite, made the team. And I, I know he was playing to get in uh, in the mix in the beginning. And I thought I had the beat on like a stream I could watch, but it turns out that I don't speak Portuguese and Google wouldn't translate the page. So I had no idea what the hell to do to get that. So I have yet to see him play, but he's, he's in the right spot. He's in a development Academy. That's in a national league and you're in a foreign country. And he, I hope it's going well. well, I'll find out. But I think all in all, it's the stepping stone that he wanted when he started with us to get him ready for something like this. And I know that from what I talked to him during his trial period, his time with us made him 
ready for that opportunity. That's awesome, man. Hopefully he's got that uh, Rosetta Stone going for him because Portuguese is super hard to learn. I'm sure he's a smart kid. Yeah. I'm sure he's he figured only, it he's out. He's only 17 years old or something like that. Yeah, he's got his, his brain learns faster. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, best of luck to Kevin out there in uh, – Kevin Andrews out there in Portugal uh, playing for what sounds like, you know – a good uh, stepping potential stone to yeah potential to um some higher level soccer there in portugal mm, absolutely all right john uh time for another one in the grab bag Ooh, fifa <laughs> fifa 20 uh, closed beta came and went in august giving uh, us fifa fifa faithful a uh, a brief glimpse at what's in store for the next edition this is uh you know, don't want to call you out, but this is the first year you didn't get your special peek at it, isn't it, John? I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> uh, with a he- with a heavy heart, after almost ten years of being a beta tester, I was uh, asked not to continue my testing. <laughs> uh, so who knew that having two kids and all this soccer stuff to do, you weren't really able to fulfill your video game obligations to do. Um, it's a shame. To, yeah, it's a shame. So uh, it, you know, it is the 20, 20th anniversary of me going to uh, to own this game as soon as it comes out. Um, but I am no longer getting the inside track. Well, so I have to play. Know, I got access to that closed beta on the PS4, and I mean, I don't, I, they don't give me all, any assignments or anything like that. They just kind of let me download it and play it. But uh, I mean, I did the same thing. Yeah, but I I didn't put a lot of time into it. But I can tell you. Why don't you go through your features, and yeah, I'll let, tell let you. Let me put some uh, features out there, man. I'm gonna need your reaction on these. Cool or nah? Okay. All right. So the first is the addition of street soccer. Right, this mode that they're calling Volta. You can basically play futsal with some of the world's greatest soccer players on, you know, outdoor courts, indoor courts, things like that. Kind of a cool little casual mode. Um, what do you think? If I wanted to play NFL Blitz, I would go to Dave and Buster's. I hate these versions of video games. I, I just, I think they're just, okay, some people may like it. And I liked just kind of casually kicking around in there, but I am an 11 aside soccer guy through and through. And I don't want to, I don't want that. What mode I want are the kick the ball in the buckets from like 50 yards out and all the little games that like, that are fun to play where you can try to beat your score. If I want like a not like a more of an arcade version of FIFA, I want more of that than street soccer. You love those skill tests. Yeah, I mean it's they're super fun to me. Like I will sink hours into those little skill things, playing them over and over with different types of players. You know, trying to see if my defenders can beat the passing scores of my forwards and midfielders. I just like doing that stuff. I don't think that it, the street soccer mode really adds anything for me. But for some people, it's like all they wanted. Yeah, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to use that like uh, the right directional stick and try to do all those tricks and stuff off the ball. Or on nope. the ball, but uh, <laughs> nope. I mean, if you're the kind of person that likes it, this is this is what's for you, right? You get to practice all those moves, practice the crossovers, practice the juggles, that sort of thing. So it could be cool, but I'll probably play it like twice. Uh, this <laughs> I'll play it zero. <laughs> this year's got the uh, fresh additions to <clears throat> career mode, John. Press conferences and player conversations are more like actual conversations. I think you played a lot of the journey, right, featuring Alex Hunter. Yeah, some of the, in those conversations, you react similarly to, um, to your to the journey mode kind of things where you give people a fiery response, a cool response, or some sort of a a zen 
response. What do you think about that addition to the career mode? Uh, I like it. I I think that because it has less of an impact on the, the, the career mode, like when you were playing with Alex Hunter and you couldn't just be a total asshole to everyone, <laughs> um, but you, you needed to kind of be fierier when you wanted, but, uh, but uh, also be nice because you need endorsements and things like that. I think that I would uh, tend to lend heavy on the, the honesty button, <laughs> whether it's positive or negative uh, in this mode. But I think, um, it's you're you see um, it, it's basically the Americanization of soccer, right? You back in the day, no one interviewed soccer players. Maybe the coach had a press conference and it was like three questions and he's out. But now you're getting the play, you're getting the man of the match talking or the men of the match talking to mm-hmm. reporters, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, in front of that cool background that every club seems to have. And uh, now they're showing them clips of the game so they can react to it. So I think that it's it definitely is an Americanization of of uh, a sport not grown here um, or in, uh, conceived here, I guess I should say. So this is a good this is a good way to like sprinkle that into the game, and I think it adds really nothing to me. Right. But it's it's cool to me. It's like um, it's it's it adds an interesting layer to managing your players' happiness. I know like that was one of the it's one of the things that you can't really understand what ha- what kind of effect you're having on in the past sure. versions where all of a sudden your guy's sad and it may be just because you haven't started him one game that that month. That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. You don't really know why. You don't know how to affect that beyond playing a crappy player more than you should. So it's kind of cool. But what I don't like is it adds a little bit, or at least in the beta, it added that like kind of ugly bit of UI where there's like a smiley face next to the player on your um, mm-hmm. on your squad sheet. You know, when you're like have the guys all set up in the formation and you've got their you got their overall and you've got like their their trend direction and then you've got like a green smiley face and it just like blows the whole aesthetic. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, uh, that that means, folks, Nate hates happiness. I, <laughs> the sad face was also bad. One other addition uh, for career mode, fully customizable managers. You can now pick from more than the six different old guys that have been in the game. You can, be, I, you can be a woman, you can be you can be a guy, you can be people of all ethnicity, you can be people of all ages with wearing all sorts of different clothes. Um, pretty cool. I have had a fantastic run over the last maybe six versions of this game being an old African American guy. <laughs> Why change now? I'm not going to change. And I know he's on there still because he's like <laughs> I know he is. So I'm I'm gonna be him again. All right. Well that's good. I, and I, my think na- I like being able to pick pick what I look like, but uh... <laughs> and my and my manager's name is always Francois Pennyworth. So <laughs> it's classy. So I'm gonna pick Francois Pennyworth. That's great. Career <laughs> manager or butler? You <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never know. One thing I think you'll respond uh, well to: Salford City is in the game. They are a playable team in the. Uh, third league of the English English uh, system. I think it's great. You know, I don't know. I mean, I watched all the documentary on them. I'm sure you're I'm pretty sure you did, right? Yep. 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 Actually still have your copy. I got to get back to you. <laughs> That's okay. You can keep it And the Netflix show. Watch that. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, it's great. So watching that, it made me, it, it makes me wish we could be on the game, you know? Yeah. Because, we just talked about two players getting 50 uh, career appearances. 
over 50 career appearances, you could get a pretty accurate FIFA rating out of a player. <laughs> so uh, it would be fantastic to be able to, to add. I mean, I know there's probably um, PC versions and maybe even PlayStation versions where you can mod it so you can get, you could, you could, you know, some, I'm sure someone on like Reddit will, will, will dive deep into the city roster and, and make a team. But I mean, I really wish we could, we, we could be in the game, right? Because I would try to get, Minneapolis City promoted into the MLS, but newsflash, we can't do that here. So no such thing. So this so <laughs> so Salford City, it is. Yep, I like that. Starting with the uh, with the whatever Football Association League Three, and uh, well, working my way up. They are my new Forest Green. I'm gonna pick them up this year and and take them to the top, baby. Maybe what I'll do is I'll create the Minneapolis City roster and sign them all to Salford City. Yeah, that's good. And you can pretend and, like everyone moved for an exchange and go, program. Yeah, I mean, hey, we can, we can use a sister city. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. Anything anything else you want you like would like to see that maybe they've missed this year? Anything you've been, well, you've been screaming for? Well, considering that I have to buy the game for the first time in a long time, uh, I'm going to do that. And I because I have to because I have to have FIFA in my life, even mm-hmm. if I don't play it play it as much. Um, I still think passing is garbage. I think that it's the one thing that Pro Evo or Winning Eleven, I forget what it's called now. It's the one thing hands down has over FIFA outside of maybe Juventus, whatever that weird situation is this year. Um, where what, What's Juventus called this year? Oh, yeah, they've it, got a new name in the game, and I, I, was, I thought it was maybe a contract issue or something. It is because they sold their exclusivity rights to to winning eleven or is it Pro Evo? It's is that is, yeah or something? Yeah, um, yeah, Pro Pro Evolution. Because it used to be um, winning eleven, but I, I know it's called Pro Evo now. That's um, crazy. So yeah, they sold their rights. So and and the thing is, is that Pro Evo also has like ho- like like hundreds and hundreds of leagues. Like they have every league possible. So excuse me, <clears throat> I um. I think that the game gameplay wise, I think scoring's still really hard to do, even when you're when you're set up to put a ball in the net. Like you do all the passing to to get an open guy like around the, the penalty spot and the goalie makes a save and you're like, come on. Like I was pointing in the direction away from him. No way this happens. So I think that uh scoring's hard and passing just still i get so frustrated because that's what i do in fifa is pass and if i'm pointing at a guy and i'm holding the button down you know long enough or not not long enough to make sure that it gets there in the right weight and it just doesn't happen and i feel like i i could when even when i was testing the game nate i could not get even more capital letters in my response back like fix fucking passing wow <laughs> um so i i'm i'm down on that but it didn't get worse so i'm used to it yeah so i think um, for me the only thing i'm missing is uh i'd like a little more flexibility and first of all this checks off a lot of boxes that i've been waiting for the customization um things like that mm-hmm. but for me i think a little more flexibility in the in the recruitment sending mm-hmm. your scouts out um, you know, only having the same countries to recruit at over and over again, it would be cool to add, even if it's just at a region, you know, like, and you like North Korea. Well, not just not, not that. <laughs> I mean, like, say you want to recruit in Great Britain, you might be able to get a Scottish player, a Welsh player, or an English player instead of having all a English yeah, or all know, English instead, players. Wales is out of the game, things like that. Um, so many African countries not in the game. Uh, most Asian countries not in the game, things like that. It would be kind of funny to be able to scout like Tibet 
and get a, <laughs> and get a player <laughs> or like, uh, you know, Azure Bijan or something like that. But uh, that's, I, it's just a little more flexibility in that. And I'd be happy. I was actually looking for more, um, more relaxed, uh, transfer window stuff. I think it's, it's gotten too complicated where it, it takes like a, like an advanced degree in college to figure out how to like sign a player you want. I, I think it, it's, it, it used to be where you had the wage demands, you could sign a guy, but now it's like, I don't like England. I'm from Spain. And you're like, just fucking sign the contract, dude. And play for me. <laughs> you know, like yeah, they, you got to negotiate all the bonuses and the, you know. yeah. And then it's like if you you're in the negotiation phase of it and you hit the wrong button, the guy's fucked off for like the rest of the transfer window, and you're like, God damn it! Oh. I, I I meant hit the smiley face, <laughs> like. So I think if it, that could be cleaned up a little bit, but well, uh, ov- overall, as always, I'm excited to get the the game and I'm excited to to play it. You know it, man. Me too. All right, uh, let's reach for the grab bag. The women's national team came to Allianz this week for their victory tour. The U.S. busted out to a quick 2-0 lead uh, before slowing it down for most of the game. Final score, U.S. 3, Portugal 0. Did you go, John? I did not go. I really actually wanted to go, but with my off-season, when I call my city off-season soccer obligations, I couldn't because we had a game that day. Yeah. Um, but I did come home and and watch it on delay the next day. Yeah, today. We, went, we were there. Today. Oh, you went. Yeah. Um, well, so I Brian real, Schreier there. That was cool. Real quickly before I get into your experience there, um, I, I sat down to watch the game with my, my older son, Gus, who I can now get through like 40 minutes of a soccer game, and then he's like, all right, where's the snacks? Um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So he was like, daddy, he's like, these girls are good. And I was like, Oh, I'm like at soccer. He's like, yeah, they're good at soccer. And I was like, well, girls can be good at soccer. He's like, I'm good at soccer. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was our interaction until he, then he was like, who, what's her name? What do they do? And it was too many questions. And I was like, go watch Paw Patrol in the other room. Um, but I thought it, um, I'm not a huge fan of like victory tours. And it's also weird because Jill Ellis is leaving and now she's coaching the team on this weird victory tour. And part of the reason why she was leaving was because of the Federation stuff, but the Federation put on the tour. It's just this weird re- reason to have these games. Yeah. Um, you know, Portugal looked like they gave zero shits except for their goalie. <laughs> um, yeah, and she was really good. She was really good. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel weird about the whole victory tour thing, but it's really exciting that overall, and I really want to get into what you're going to say about the experience, but um, overall, I think it's really cool because we've now had both men's and women's national teams in, in our state and it's gone well. And the players seem to like the stadium, the amenities, all that stuff. The training environment up in Blaine is conducive to a national team setup, even though it's far away from the venue. Uh, they, it, it still has what you need. It has an indoor facility, has really nice grass. It has a turf facility outdoor as well in case there's rain and you want to play outside. So it's got everything you need here. So I think that it's a stepping stone for us being able to get more higher profile games, like a World Cup qualifier for men men or women or a CONCACAF championship um, 
or a, a gold cup championship game instead of just a, a, a round robin game. That's the kind of stuff that we're now looking to get. And then hopefully when the world cup comes to the United States, then whether it's men's or women's, we're in line for getting world cup games here. Mm-hmm. I think we're, 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 we're just getting there. So that's my take on the whole thing. outside the soccer. It was like, eh, didn't think it was great soccer. I thought it was kind of, like I said, Portugal phoned it in and the U S was just like, we're going to score a couple goals and then just, have fun, but tell me about your experience. Yeah, man. So I, I'll agree with you as far as the soccer went. I think it was, you know, the United States came out real quick and needed to needed to score some goals and get the crowd involved. And then it was kind of cruise control until mm-hmm. until some of the subs came on and got you know got their first taste of the action. I'll agree, Portugal didn't look good, and I don't know if it's because they didn't try or because they're just not good. But it's like none of them could none of them could make a pass. They all look like they're about a second and a half behind what. Uh, what their counterparts were thinking, which is too bad. But I was super impressed with their young goalkeeper. Um, I think she was only 20 years old or something. She still had braces on. It was pretty crazy, but she was all <laughs> over the place. Um, she got beat by a couple of impossible shots, beat by a, you know, beat by a penalty against saved by the, like, what you saved by the crossbar like four times. Saved by the crossbar a couple times, which did make a couple of amazing saves. Um, that's tough to get out there as a 20-year-old in a in that kind of environment. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, man, the whole the experience as a whole – it kind of weirded me out and i'll say that i was excited to be there excited to to support um the women's team but it felt like one big marketing stunt for uh alina health or whatever the hell it was it was really strange they did that halftime show with brandy chastain and the girls playing goalie wars from salvo all one big marketing stunt yeah Um, they had this weird mc that was running around the field and and kind of like trying to pump the crowd up, but it really just kind of weirded me out because it felt unnatural. Like, not to mention that it the atmosphere in general felt a little bit like the first, um, a little bit like the first United game where people were still kind of unsure about how to cheer, when to cheer, where to cheer. The supporter section not as uh, not as well established this time. So all in all, I thought it was a great game to watch. It was fun to be there. I was happy to be there with my family and enjoy that together. But um, on, on some level, it, it left me thinking, like, maybe there were a lot of people there that might not have been super familiar with the stadium and watching soccer. Really? That's interesting. Because when you and I, bo- you and I both went to the men's game, and it was like, I thought it was a great experience. You know, I thought even, like, the soccer was good. We got You got a chance to watch two games, the price of one, which was great. Uh, even though it was, like, a weird Trinidad-Tobago-Panama game. Um, you still got a feeling like it was a, it was a, a a further extension of a Minnesota United game, where everyone was into it, and yeah, you didn't just the have. The difference was like you had you had fans from other countries and stuff there, and that sort of thing. So, was it not full? Like I, I'm now, I'm really in, inquisitive into. At first, it was not. I'll tell you that. If for about the first ten minutes of the game, we were like, "Where are the fans?" The upper deck was definitely not full. So, okay, I'm I'm going to continue my line of questioning here. Uh, <laughs> you're not, yeah. You, if you'd like to call a lawyer, you can at this time. Um, if you want your attorney present for my next line of questioning. Um, so, it wasn't that full. Do you? So, are you saying that the experience itself was a lot of people who have never been to the stadium because they're not necessarily fans of Minnesota United, but they're but they got into the game because of the Women's World Cup? Yeah, I think they wanted to see what the, the hubbub was about, right? You know, you're watching them on TV, and you're probably the kind of person... You know, the prices of the tickets were not 
we're not conducive to the average fan. So I think uh, you know your chances are if you're if you're going to this game, it you're you it's a it's a splurge for your average United fan or your average soccer fan. But for people really? who might not be your average soccer fan, you can you can drop a couple hundred bucks on a ticket. That's how much the tickets were. Yeah, we were lower deck and we were something like. Uh, I mean, yes, not two hundred, but some of the some of the ones like close to closer in were you know 150, 200 bucks. Really, and the supporter the... section stuff was what seventy five, eighty at the at the base level. Dude, the gold cup tickets were like forty dollars. Yeah, gold cup was way cheaper compared to this. That's so that's super interesting to me. You've now opened up Pandora's box, Nate. Um, hope, hope everyone has another two hours. Who, <laughs> um, if you're listening, uh, no. So that's weird to me because you get involved in this whole equal pay conversation that's happening right now. And whether you believe in it or you don't believe in it, the, the, the price comparison for tickets are supposed to be equal or it's usually swayed in the other way where the men's national team tickets are around 60 to a hundred dollars. And now you're telling me that the women's team on their victory tour that was set up by the Federation are now the ticket prices are in like the $200 ranges. And that's like face value, right? Yeah, the you know what I think. We'll just say like seats comparable to my season ticket seats were, yeah, in a hundo plus. That is super strange to me, Nate. And, that's uh, and even and that's upper deck too. That's like when you get up to the wow. You got and again, of course, way more expensive as you got midfield. Way more expensive as you got down closer to the touchline, closer to the bench. Um, I think we were my people that sat next to us, our friends even said that like, as they were checking online yesterday, this is the thing too, is like, I think that got people excited in the secondary market. It got me excited with the secondary market as well. Like, Oh crap. I could probably sell these things. If the demand, if the, if the pricing is like this now, the demand must be high. People are going to, people are going to want to pay. People did not want to pay. Right. I mean, because the casual fan, like you said, the price point's going to, going to sway them away. But to the the person who wants to like you know who's super into national national team soccer men or women's they're gonna pay whatever it is to go see the game. So you're right. The secondary market could be like could have some fever to it. Mm-hmm. But but it just seems super odd to me that you have this weird victory tour. There's a lawsuit going on. The coach is leaving. the The federation was was doing a cash grab, man. That's shitty. Yeah, it was a little strange, but um. Oh, no, it was a fun environment. And like I said, just hopefully introduced live soccer to a lot of people who might not have seen it before. A lot of families, a lot of young girls there, which is always great to see that, you know, they're um, they can see some, you know, firsthand some of their some of their idols or people to look up to, which I really appreciated. So, but again, all, really fun but, night. But again, man, that's that is a that's a U.S. Soccer Federation cash grab for the, the person who wants to take their little daughter or little son who loved watching the World Cup to a game in their area. Like that, that's, I could talk about this for a lot longer. <laughs> Probably don't want the old granddad rant tonight, no, it's, but it's, uh, but, it, it's, it does suck that it, it kind of cut back on maybe the accessibility of the game to people who should have had their eyes opened or really would have wanted their, to bring their daughters and not just people who wanted to go and kind of be seen. But I would say definitely not, not a lot of, I don't want to make a generalization, but I'm just saying the price point probably pushed out your average, your, your average soccer fan. Um, you know your average little yeah, watch it, it on it tv soccer diehards like me it got it got you know a lot of families um that wanted you know to bring their bring their kids to see something firsthand but i think a lot of people that just like wanted to be seen there 
Oh, I got you. I got you. But still, man, this screams of like real shady Federation stuff. Like I said, the whole the whole thing, the whole production felt like one big marketing ploy. Uh, push. It, it, it was great to see the women play, and it was great to see, you know, some of some of our heroes out there uh, doing their thing, and they were all excited to be there and excited to be on the field together. But uh, like I said, there's still kind of a little weird taste in my mouth after the game and just the kind of production that it was. But what do you expect? It's a big event. It's uh, you know they're only doing a few a few this summer and then and they're moving on. What I'd like to caveat for people listening is that this has nothing to do with Minnesota United or Allianz Field. This is all Federation driven. So yeah. if you're like salty on the fact that we talked about something that was like, well, why are the tickets more expensive for this? It has nothing to do with anyone involved in the footprint here. Uh, It is truly for when they played Wonderwall when the women won. Yeah. That was another weird thing. That was very strange. And you can tell people were looking around like, what? Yeah. Why are they doing this? Carl Craig was rolling over in his grave. (laughs) Anyway, so that's Carl's not dead. Carl's not dead folks. I'm just making a joke. He's right down the street at Salvo. Yeah, he's like he was probably there. Um, so yeah, anyway, interesting. It was a fun game, interesting experience. You know, definitely like you, excited to see more and more um, yeah. large scale, big big ticket soccer events at Allianz because it's a great place to be. All right, uh, last grab bag, John. Guess I don't even need to reach in here. I know what it is. Minneapolis City <laughs> closed out the summer's action with a friendly against St. Thomas on August twenty fourth. Would you care to give us a brief game report? I was not there, but I did get a full full match recap from from the folks that were. So, I mean, some people probably just don't know that the the phones ring when it comes time to like college teams getting friendlies involved. Like the phones off the hook, basically. Um, not saying that we're like so great that everyone wants to play us, but when college teams need to schedule friendlies that, that aren't necessarily on the books because they have to put any of their preseason stuff through the NCAA, but they can have like training matches that don't involve other schools. They scramble to find people that they can play against that, um, that can give them a good game. Right. So it makes total sense. So I would actually say that, you know, early Minneapolis city uh, Stegman's was involved in quite a few, friendlies um mostly uh because of the the carlton contingent on the on the team the carlton the gustavuses of the world uh the the whole northfield area Mm -hmm. (laughs) the northfield loop i guess you could call it uh they were really who was who was kind of kind of came calling now it was you know your saint thomas's uh, and and basically uh, we went we went out they hosted us it was a, a great event um some old Tommy's got a chance to, to go back and, and stick it to their old coach. And uh, yeah. So uh, Shea bottom and will kid played in the game and there was, you know, quite a few players. I mean, it was, it was a strong side. There were quite a few players that were, that were new to the, the city setup. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to go into any names because I think a, a few of them are, are tied to other organizations and this was their, they reached out to us. So in the water. Yeah, exactly. They reached out to us and were like, "Hey, we'd like to check out Minneapolis City. Let us know when things are getting started." And and uh, that something was going on. So uh, Coach Van Benscoten took the boys into uh, into the Tommy world and ended up 
uh, going into extra time and winning in penalties. Oh. So, yeah. So we, uh, we, it was basically a, a tale from what I was told of really good soccer played in the first like 60 minutes of the game. <laughs> and then the guys who don't go to college and were in preseason for a week got really tired and were able to just kind of see the game out and then won in penalties. <laughs> That's good. Cool. <clears throat> so it was a great way to kind of put the cap on the year and uh, yeah, good a to, relationship building. Yep. And good to see, you know, face off against guys like Troy and Ethan Anderson from the U23 team, good chance to play against those guys. So, but now we're, we're in full postseason mode, Nate. There's a lot of meetings that are popping up on my calendar to have, uh, discussions and you know pretty soon we're gonna have that uh ever so popular uh annual meeting coming up i'm sure we'll keep people updated on that yep so anyways i'm sure your grab bag is now fully empty and completely it's uh it's turned into yeah hey no problem man i'm I'm glad we did this i'm gonna have a grab bag for you soon so we'll talk about that anyway so thanks as always to our, our show sponsor summit brewing company uh, summer's wrapping up, folks, and that means it's almost Oktoberfest season. Actually, Oktoberfest is out. It is. Because, I had it at the state fair. Yeah, I love – it's my favorite time of year. I put on at least like five pounds of summer or of Oktoberfest weight. Yes. So strap on your hose and put back a stein or two at your watering hole near you. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. I think this might be the last show where we use that tagline. Hey, uh, and, and, and there's a new one. Uh, <laughs> but anyways – more to come on that. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us this offseason hosting play events and partnerships with community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. Never, never too early. Tax time. It's coming. It is never a bad time, however, to become a member of Minneapolis City. Currently... Off-season prices, $40 gets you uh, support of the club. You get some cool stuff in return. Membership scarf, membership card that gets you 10% off at the club shop. Deals on Summit at our official game day bar, Palmers. You can check out that cool Wexler Camp Sadorf mural at Palmers. It's it's covered, so I know it's still probably hanging up, so that's probably pretty cool. Uh, plus, you get a vote on important club matters, including selecting the membership board and the scarf and kit designs. We're actually in a kit design year, Nate, so uh, some new stuff's coming. So visit mplscdsc.com. Make it happen today. Do you have <laughs> do you have anything you want us to cover in the offseason? Um, or maybe you have Way too much stuff for us to cover this offseason. Either way, any hard-hitting exposés you've been hoping we would undertake, anything, really, uh, mail, just send it to us. It's easy. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. If you, if you don't like mail, that's at the people's pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions and comments are concerned and are welcome. The content calendar has never been so open. Yeah, the yeah, literally, it's wide open. Like we literally just like threw soccer topics at you today and had nothing really to talk about as far as Minneapolis City. So we, we can continue <laughs> to do that. Uh, anyways, as finally uh, and finally, as always, you can hit the club and complain to them about everything at MPLS City SC. That is all for our show this week, folks. It's fantastic to be back. We'll be back with you and our normal off-season schedule of about once every two weeks with some really cool stuff, some good off-season topics. You can add to them if you'd like. Just send us mail. Uh, but please stay tuned. We'll be back in two weeks. I am John. That is Nate. And we will see you next time. And you got hoofed. 
poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I can staple steeds, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I see is make.